In the name of Jesus, amen, dear saints. Luke chapter 15 puts before us some of the most beautiful and comforting passages in all of the scriptures. And that is saying something. Because the scriptures are there for our comfort and for our peace. Jesus is, is telling in the text three parables. And the context is this. Jesus is uh, from about Luke chapter 9 to Luke chapter 17. Jesus has turned his, his face towards Jerusalem and he's going down there to bear your sins on his cross. And he's wandering his way towards Jerusalem. And as he's going, he's drawing people to himself. Uh, crowds that are coming to listen to him teach and to receive from him miracles. Uh, and, and the crowd that's gathering around him is a bit of a motley crew. People with reputation. Sinners, the text says. Tax collectors. People with questionable backgrounds. And the Pharisees are grumbling at this. And we, and you would too. You would. You don't think so? You would grumble at this too. You'd say, look at that Jesus. Look at who he's eating with. Look at who he's spending it. Look at who he's talking to. Can you believe it? And so for those Pharisees and for you and for me, we have these three parables. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the lost son. Or better, the parable of the found sheep, the parable of the found coin, and the parable of the found son. We didn't hear the last one, the prodigal son. That's your homework to read Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32 this week, and to think about that. But we have before us this morning these two texts, the sheep and the coin. I suspect that the more we see how strangely the people are acting in these parables, the closer we'll be to understanding them. In other words, Jesus in these parables is not teaching us how he is exactly like a shepherd or a widow who's lost their sheep or lost their coin. No, Jesus is teaching us the opposite. Consider the question, and in fact, both of these parables are really questions that Jesus puts before us. Consider this question. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, doesn't leave the ninety-nine in the open country, the word there is wilderness, desert, irene, in the open country, Leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that's lost until he finds it. Now, I don't know the answer to that. I don't. I, unfortunately, uh, am too urban, someone told me in Bible class. I don't know much about shepherd patterns, and especially the kind of Bedouin shepherds that were around uh, at, the, at the time of Jesus. I'm ignorant of those. I, I, uh, I don't know if this is the case. I remember one time when I was younger and I was kicking around Israel and I thought to myself, well, it would be fun to, to learn how the Bedouin shepherds do their thing and I was going to stay with some Bedouins for a week until I actually saw a Bedouin camp. <laughs> and I thought, never mind that idea. But look, I don't think a normal shepherd would do this. I, I don't think a normal shepherd would leave 99 sheep out in the open place while he went to find the one. And if he did, I don't think that he would do this in this unlimited sort of fashion to go and seek for him until he finds him. I think he'd at least come back at night. Maybe he'd go look for a couple hours. And if he, if he couldn't find him then, he would give up. But this shepherd, the shepherd that Jesus is telling us about in the parable, leaves the 99 and goes tracking down the one until he finds it. 
This shepherd in the parable has a special exuberance to find this lost sheep. And he will, and he will seek until he finds them. He will seek this shepherd, he will seek this lost sheep, in fact, until he is dead on the cross and risen from the, from the grave. That's the kind of exuberance this shepherd has. And you'll see it as the text goes on. For when, for if this is not the act of a normal shepherd to go and leave the 99 and go tracing after the one, he certainly doesn't act normal when he finds it. Things get crazy. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. Fine, that seems normal. But then, when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. This shepherd throws a found sheep party. And you have to wonder, or at least I have to wonder, and maybe you'll see that I'm a bit cynical here, you have to wonder if a few of the lost sheep's brothers were on the menu that night for the party. <laughs> how, how, how much does it cost to throw this party? The, the joy that the shepherd has does not match the, at least in our minds, it does not match the event. It's over the top. It's a type of thing that the neighbors would be rolling their eyes all over. What is he doing now, that shepherd? I have trouble finding books in my office. If you've seen my office, you know why. I know the books are there. I just can't always put my hands on them. Imagine this, though. I, I finally, after, after looking for two or three hours, I finally find my copy of Adolf Kaberly's A Quest for Holiness. Ha <laughs> ha! Put my hands on it. And I jump up in my office. Woo! Found the book. Okay. But then imagine I have Connie Joe, secretary in the office. I say, call the members of the church. Every single one of them. Call them. Invite them to my house tonight. Because we're going to have a party. A, a, a found book party. You guys would roll your eyes at me. What is he doing? The, the exuberance of the celebration does not match the event. It's the same type of thing with this widow, the, the exuberance that she has. Jesus, again, with a question. What woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one of the coins, doesn't light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? Okay. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I have lost. Again, how many, how many coins do you think she spends to throw her lost and found coin party? One? Two? Three silver coins? But that, dear saints, is the point. There is joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. Over one if you'll indulge me, and you've already been indulging me, I'll tell you a personal story. When I was 13, I ran away from home. <laughs> In fact, I, I went up the street to a friend's house. I was fairly brave. <laughs> I was gone for about three and a half hours. <laughs> Before I finally, my conscience caught up to me. And with my tail between my legs, I went home. Now, the house where I grew up, the door, the front door was almost always unlocked. It was just, it was unlocked. And the, and the, and if the front door was locked, there was a back door or two that was locked for sure, or a window was open. We, just, the house was open. But after I ran away and came back, the house was locked up tight. 
The lights were off. The front door was locked. All the back doors were locked. Every window, except the window to my parents' bedroom, and believe me, I checked, every window was closed and locked. (laughs) So I had to ring the doorbell so my mom and dad could let me in. And you'll believe me, they gave me a a, a talking to, (laughs) amongst other things, and it was good. That's what parents were supposed to do. I learned my lesson. But I think that that's what we expect from Jesus. If we've wandered away from church, if we've run away from home, if we've, if we've closed our Bible and forgot to open it, if, we, if the world or the flesh or the devil have, have in some way tempted and drawn our hearts away from the Lord's words and we're out there lost in the wilderness and the thought crosses our mind, maybe, maybe I'll go back to church. Maybe I'll open back up my Bible. Maybe I'll pray. But we expect to find God mad. Upset at us. The door's locked shut. A stern look of disappointment on his face. Dear saints, no. No. That is the farthest thing from the truth. Look at this shepherd. Carrying home his lamb on his shoulders, rejoicing all the way. Look at him calling together his friends and his neighbors and rejoice at them. Look at this widow finding her coin, leaping for joy, calling her neighbors to share her joy. Look at the father waiting for his son to return, running to embrace him on the road, killing the fatted calf, gathering the friends and servants for the celebration. Look at the choirs of angels singing and rejoicing and praising God and look at the face of God shining, beaming and full of joy and gladness and rejoicing because of you, because you are home, because you are forgiven, because you are safe and sound, right where you belong, with him. This is your heavenly father. This is your Jesus. With a kind of exuberant joy that makes the neighbors roll their eyes. With a kind of crazy love for you. And for your forgiveness. And for your eternal life. This is not normal behavior. This, dear saints, is the ways of God and not of man. It is Heavenly behavior. For your Jesus, all the way to the womb and to the cross and to the empty tomb and to the right hand of the Father, your Jesus delights in seeking you. And and even better, he delights in finding you and forgiving you and carrying you home. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.